What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. King's Island is now open weekends. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. And now, join Kevin Hart as he dives into the minds of some of your favorite celebrities. This is Gold Mines with Kevin Hart. Welcome, world. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I get excited when I say welcome. I know you do, too. Because when I say welcome, you know that that means I got another guest. You know that that means that's more gold mines energy. And you know we do here on Gold Mines. Well, what? What, people? That's right. Say it with me. Everybody's in the car. Everybody's home and they're saying, get inside the minds of amazing people. I wish this was a game show sometimes just so I could see if people actually do that. Because that's what's happening. In my mind, every time I say, what do we do here? In my mind, you guys are saying, get inside the minds of amazing people. Well, today's show will be no different. Yes. Yes, I say that all the time because it's the goddamn truth. Amazing minds. Let's get into the side of what defines an amazing mind. Well, what defines an amazing mind is somebody that simply thinks differently. Somebody that thinks outside the box. People that put energy and effort into the idea. And that idea becomes a reality. That reality used to be a dream. Those are the people that I like to talk to. People that are pursuing the things that they set out to do. Oh, my God. I don't think there's better introductions that exist. (laughs) There can't be. There can't be. As a matter of fact, I want to go down as the best intro artist to ever do it. Ladies and gentlemen, on this episode of Gold Minds, we have an amazing mind. I got to say, man, there's a dope thing that was done in her career. She was named editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue at age 29, which is such a dope accomplishment. Why? Well, because it hasn't been done. Okay, I think you like the second. You were like the second person, and then it was like the first of something else. Either way, it's fucking history attached to it. Also, guys, she is now currently on season number four. That's right. She is now a judge of Project Runway, which is huge. You know I love fashion, so I can't wait to talk about fashion. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to welcome. By the way, she's a writer, editor, journalist, TV personality. I mean, come on, man. I can get into it. It's a multi-hyphenate. Do I ever not talk to a multi-hyphenate? No, I do not. I love to talk to the multi-hyphenate because that gives me an opportunity for a multi-layered conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Elaine Welteroff to the show. Hey, Elaine. My day is made. You just set me up. Like, I need that kind of uh, wake-up energy every day. You know what you need? (laughs) You need a double espresso, right? You need a double espresso with just a a tad bit of raw brown sugar, and I promise you it will change the rest of your day. If that's what you're on, that's what I'd like. I'm a two-way morning artist, right? So if it's about the workout, 
the workout starts at like 4.30, right? And today, I'm going to be honest with you, today's the first day in a long time that I missed my morning workout. And I missed my morning workout because my son woke up at like 12.30 or 1 a.m. And he was like, Dad, can you come and just sleep with me? So he took me out of my bed. He came, got in my bed, (laughs) fucked up my sleep, then had the nerve and audacity to say, come and involve myself in his sleep. So I had to go get in his bed. And that bed, I got to be honest, you was pretty goddamn comfortable, Elaine. I was slept in that I bed. That and that was, you know, I didn't have my wife kicking me in the back or, or grabbing my leg. So it was a different level of peace. So I overslept this morning. But normally if I didn't, if I didn't oversleep, I would say that uh, that double shot of espresso in the morning time gives you the shock that you need. Also, I may do like my little C4 energy drink at times in the gym. That gives me a little bump. And then I have one more before I like hit the office or start work. I would and then that's pass it. out from uh, just, I would have a heart attack by, by 10 a.m. I can't handle caffeine like that, but you are, you're selling me. So, you know. Have you tried it? And are you saying that because you've tried it and you've had a had a bad reaction no, to it? I, are you assuming I have that? tried to drink coffee throughout my career? And it, it's actually kind of funny how, like, you know, some people can't handle their alcohol. <laughs> I can't handle my coffee. I'm like, can't I can't handle, handle my coffee. Like, you can't handle your coffee. It's actually a funny thing that has followed me through my career because back in my Teen Vogue days, I had an assistant who wrote in the assistant manual for the following assistants to come. Whenever she asks you for coffee, give her a decaf, but don't tell her because if you give her a regular coffee, you will regret it because her energy is like, I have too much energy generally. And then if I think I need some more and I get coffee, I'm like, I talk like a mile a minute. I can't slow down. I got 10,000 ideas. Like I'm just like swinging from chandeliers. It's just too much. See, but that's the, that's, that's not a bad thing. And I think once you learn to handle that, like. When you say you got 10,000 ideas, okay, I'm waiting for the bad part. I'm waiting for the bad part of you being on coffee. When you say my energy is on 10, okay, I'm waiting for the bad part. When you say I'm bouncing off the walls, but it's because I'm just like aggressive about the job and the work that has to be done and I'm attacking it differently. Okay, what's the The bad bad part? part? My heart will explode. It's like, yes, I'm productive, but then my heart starts like palpitating and I'm like, I have to like deep breathe. I have to meditate. I pray to God. I'll never do it again. If you just let this feeling leave me, I promise I won't take any more. (laughs) It's not even 930 a.m. on Monday yet. And Kevin Hart has already sold me on crack coffee like what is <laughs> happening in my life right now we're about to get into you career i mean you're a new mom right and you're a new mom now balancing success career yeah. i want to say new energy right like you i feel like the winds the mm. winds compound and as things start happening as the awareness starts growing the attention comes in and the opportunity for more mm. presents itself so right right now right? You're in a place of like, okay, this is new. I'm now a judge. This is Project Runway. Season 20 show's been around for a while, but okay, but you coming in, you're bringing new energy to it. Um, The new you and the new idea of what's to come, how are you balancing this now with motherhood? I mean, just staying in the energy and synergy with the mom and the new baby and everything going on with career. How are you handling that That's a good question. And by the way, that was a bar. Like to kind of characterize it as just like new energy is so accurate Mm -hmm. and it's 
something that I wish I knew I would experience on the other side of motherhood, you know, going into it. I remember being really, really scared when I found out I was pregnant. It was like, whoa, I have a full life already. I got a lot on my plate. How am I going to possibly make more room for someone else? And let alone someone who's going to depend on me for everything. It was really intimidating. And I don't know how honest we get to be as working moms about that panic that sometimes sets in mm-hmm. for ambitious women. I was one of those women who was like, I always wanted to be a mom someday. I just didn't plan for it to be that mm-hmm. day. You know what I mean? Like I thought I had more time. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I think I spent a lot of my pregnancy in this sort of like disassociated stage, if I can be really honest, because I just did not know what I was preparing for. And I didn't know how to prepare for, you know, my life to both expand and shrink at the same time. Like what, what is that? And then the baby came. And what, what I will say is like the best advice that I got when I was going through that was from my midwife who said, babies bring blessings, babies bring blessings. And you, I feel like in your own way, you kind of just said that you're like, when, when the babies come, so do these, so do opportunities. So do bigger wins. I love what you're saying. I love what you're saying about, you know, the energy that it brings. And I mean, look, I I firmly feel like the idea of kids and unexpected kids, they just add a different hustle, right? Like, because you're, you're the fear of failure of one thing, the fear Mm -hmm. of not providing is another. So when you're talking about new energy, that, that I got to get up, I got to go. And I'm figuring this out at the same time. Like that's a different, you're not prepared for that. You can't prepare for that. I'm so following what you're saying right now. And I, I just love the space that you're in. Yeah. So continue. I mean, shit. So, so okay. It's here. Right. You didn't expect the baby. You didn't expect it. But now it's here. So what's the mindset now? How are you approaching the day-to-day? What's the balance? I mean, it's such a relevant question for me because in my whole life, I don't think I've felt as balanced between work and life as I do now. I think my baby mm. ushered in a necessary shakeup and he reprioritized my life. And now I feel like, whereas I used to be the person who would be at the office in the morning and be the last person to leave after midnight. And I could just do that. I could just do that. Like now I have something to go home to. Now I have a reason to lock. Not that I didn't, I have a beautiful marriage and an amazing partner, but someone who has always, you know, understood that I'm, I'm trying to get after a lot and that's never competed with our relationship, but having a baby, like you said, the baby needs their mom. And Mm -hmm. here's what people don't say enough. Moms need their babies too. Like the way that my son centers me and grounds me in a stressful moment or season is unlike anything else. It's like, I could be going through like a tornado of stress. And then that baby calls my name and I see him smile. And I'm just like, what's stress? Like, and this is going to sound weird because everybody talks about how stressful kids are. And, I, and I'm not trying to say it's not stressful. It is. But my baby, when, when he <laughs> sleeps on me or when we have these sweet moments, it is, he is like this portable, like stress melter for me. And I can just hold him on my body. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> I know that you came into my life in this season for me, for a reason. And he, mm-hmm. it honestly has just expanded my world. It's expanded my heart. 
it's expanded my imagination of what's possible. And I'm so, so, so grateful that God like knocked me and my will out of the way and brought this baby into our lives because it really has been just the, the, the blessing I didn't know I needed. Do you know what I mean? You know, you know what you just did? You just used a, a reference of giving up, right? And this is something I think that it doesn't get enough respect and energy. The feeling that a woman does have, a career woman, you know, when having a child, like the idea of giving something up because there is a nine month period of change. And then after that nine month period of change, technically there's another 12 month period of more change, right? And that change is not just, you know, from the hormonal changes, the body, the mind, um, you know, could be postpartum, could not be postpartum. Yeah. There's a lot of shit that happens. And the career can sometimes take the biggest hit because of what the mind goes through. At this time, you know, as a multi-hyphenate, as I referred to you in the beginning, um, where do you feel now your hyphenate lives mm. the most? I mean, is it in the space of, of personality? Is it in the space of, you know, TV? Is it more on a journalist mm -hmm. side? Is it more writing now? You know, like where, where do you feel question. now your talents are best no served? No one has ever asked me that. I love that question so much. I'm fucking I'm good at my job, Elaine. I'm just trying to, you know, usually I'm the one <laughs> asking the questions. And so I usually get like a little bit nervous about being the one having to answer the questions but when you ask good questions it makes me excited so i i have to give you that respect but yeah that was a really great question that i've never been asked and what i would say is like outwardly in the world it probably looks like uh tv is the main focus because of project mm -hmm. runway on every week i've been on for four seasons now and um that's what people in the world want to talk to me about and then i have a new show actually coming out this month on hulu called the conversations project it's like you know black tastemakers from different spaces um all coming together around the table the, the dinner table to break bread and like break open some of these really important conversations affecting our culture um and it's kind of inspired wow. by the harlem renaissance it's a really dope concept and i'm really excited about it but i shot both of these shows within the first mm, nine months of my baby's life like I shot Project mm. Runway when the baby, I moved my family to New York twice for like two months at a time. And honestly, it was a great adventure. It being able to have both like my baby and my career and to be able to do these things in tandem and see that my baby is thriving just as much as I am. Yo, like I wish that for more moms, it was really important. I think for my psyche as a new mom to, to not have to give up parts of me that are still, you know, a big part of my life and something that I, that I, that fills me and <clears throat> that fulfills me. Yeah. It's ammunition. Yeah. And it's so I felt so source. blessed yeah. that to have these crews that accommodated my whole family and like, it was so much fun. So anyway, in the world, like outwardly, it probably seems that TV is the thing that's taking up most of my hyphenation, <laughs> but the focus or whatever uh, of my career, but the reality is writing actually is. And right now, the reason why I said that it's really that. relevant that you're asking me, how am I finding the balance or how am I doing with my workflow and motherhood at the same time? I've just literally just started working with a career coach 
to help me find that balance. And I'm on like week two of a new routine where just so that I can carve out time to write my next book. And for me, writing is like the foundation of my whole career. I mean, there's so many things that I get to do and there's so much fun and I'm blessed to be able to have these opportunities coming to me, but I'm so clear that it is because of the foundation of work that I've done in writing and journalism in my magazine career and in my book that I wrote and that came out in 2019. And I feel like I've lived so much life since then. And I have more to say than could ever fit in an Instagram caption, you know what I mean? Or, or in a tweet or thread or whatever we're, we're doing now. And my new focus has been trying to kind of step back and go inward so I can do that work of writing and being present with my baby and making sure that I'm still feeding kind of the, the TV projects and the things that are out in the world at the same time. It's not an easy thing to juggle, but I feel like I'm talking to the king of it. So I should be asking you for tips on how do you do it? Well, I was, well, I was going to tell you, you got to make sure you understand that one feeds another, yep. right? As you feed one entity, that entity gets strong yep. enough to feed the next and that one then feeds the next. So it's a circle of fulfillment if you manage it correctly. And I'm listening. You notice I'm letting you talk because I'm listening because I'm taking in what you're saying so that I can not only ask the next question, but give you like some dope energy of my energy into like what you said. What I love the most, right? You said two things. One, the first thing is like my passions with writing. You said, oh my God, I'm an author and that's it. Well, let's back up for a second. You know, for our listeners, um, I know I said multi-hyphen in the beginning, but I want to make sure you're aware. Elaine's a New York Times bestseller, right? Like she referred to her book in 2019. So it's not like she's just throwing out the random idea of writing. She made it very clear that this is where her heart is. This is what she loves. This is what she does. She doesn't do it halfway. She's not like a, a kind of sort of writer. She's the real deal. So in writing it and taking the time to now figure out what the next stage of writing or the next book is, I get that. I understand that. Um, you then said you went to the life coach. And this is where my questions are, right? Like, how do you come with that decision? Because, you know, a lot of people feel like the world of success is a mm. me sport, meaning it's something that's done mm. individually. No. Just you. Nobody. I don't need no fucking help. I'm a goddamn star. I'm the best at what I do. Get out of my way. I'll sit in this office by myself and figure it out and I'll do it all. And anybody that thinks that they can, you're stupid because it's me. It's all me. <laughs> and it's not. It's a occupation that really does need the energy of a lot. It needs the energy of a lot of amazing minds. How did you come to the decision, Elaine, that, you know what, I want to outsource a different tier of help. I want to try this. How did that, like a career coach, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Was it suggested to you? Did you think of it and go get it? I want to know so more about that. My husband recommended it to me, actually. And I mean, some of my greatest ideas and support comes from my husband. And to your point that all of this is a team sport, I would not be able to do as much as I do if it wasn't for my husband and the way that he supports me from behind the scenes, the things that he, the conversations no one will ever see. Um, it makes me a little bit emotional. I don't know why I'm so emotional right now. Um, yeah, you know, you got to shout out the people on the team that are like punching above their weight. My husband definitely does, but he recommended it to me. 
through his therapist. His therapist mentioned that there's this amazing career coach, this is executive coach, this is what she does. And so I took a call with her and I immediately was like, okay, let's commit to this. Let's see how this can help me. And I honestly, we've only had one call so far and it was, you know, one hour call. I didn't think I was going to get much out of it, but I walked away with like my new routine, my new schedule. And for any creative entrepreneurs out there, you know, that managing your own time is one of the hardest things there is. When you have 10,000 ideas, how are you going to make them happen? How are you going to execute them? You have to manage yourself and your time. And it's a challenge for me. Um, you know, as much as I have going on, I have to calendar in every hour of my day to allocate where my energy and my time is going so that I can wrap up at a normal time and go also spend time with my son. You know, I wanted help figuring out how to carve out time for all the things that matter to me and to move forward this book that really requires me to disappear. Like for me, I don't know about other people or your process, but like for me to write, I cannot be on. I can't have on energy. I can't have makeup on. I can't have, I got to be in my pajamas. I got to have nothing else to do that day. I can't be on social media. Like I have to disappear. And it's a hard thing. It's a hard shift to make. And I've never done it with a baby where I, I can't just write until 3 a.m. and then pull an all-nighter and keep like the last book I wrote, I will say I, I lost all my self-care routines. They went out the window. I can't afford to do that because I have a family that I have to show up for and I have to be my best self. And so I just knew I needed help to figure out how to do that because we've all heard that like, what it takes to get to one level will not sustain you. And it definitely won't get you to the next level. So you've got to pick up new tools along the way. No. You've got to let go of bad habits at, along the way. And I needed help. I need help getting rid of some of these bad habits, mm -hmm. these workaholic habits. And mm -hmm. I need help to show, I need a new plan that allows me to be productive um, without killing myself, frankly, and, and disappearing from my family and my friends. And I'm actually really proud of myself that I took up my husband on that recommendation and that I've started. And it's not easy. It's not something that changes overnight, but just having a plan for my day has just given me a new, a new energy going. I feel like the title of this episode is new energy because, because that's what I'm working with. It's, you know what? But you're you're not saying anything wrong. Like you're what you're saying is easy to follow. And this is information that people need to hear, right? Like I think once again, the purpose of the podcast is you're giving gems. We're giving information, right? And it all doesn't have to be the greatest, but it all has to just be said. And people take away what they want. But more importantly, there just should be a realization that there's things to take away. And what you're talking about now is finding new ways to put periods on sentences. That's what I call it, right? Like if you're doing a bunch of shit and you're spread thin and you got a lot of things going on and 10,000 ideas, those ideas are just yep. ideas if they're never completed. They're just thoughts. So you're talking about ways to make sure that you finish, that you complete and blocking out the proper amount of time for yourself throughout a day to do that. Uh, it, it's important. More gold mines with Kevin Hart after this. 
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. With blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. Now more from Kevin Hart on Gold Mines. So this is so serendipitous that you actually reached out to me for this podcast. What, what a word. It is serendipitous. Jesus. Because two days before your team reached out for this podcast, my god sister was like, did you know that Kevin Hart, he did a remake of Daddy Daycare? And I was like, really? And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to see that. I have to. That's, that's like hilarious. That's, that's going to be amazing. So then <laughs> I go to watch Daddy Daycare and I'm like, Daddy Daycare, Kevin Hart. And like, it's not coming up. It's like Eddie Murphy and that's it. And I yeah. saw that like fans yes. were, were trying to get you to do, to reprise that role, but it actually has not happened yet. Yes. So then I yes. end up going, well, now I feel like he's done something in like related to fatherhood. I, let me just look. So I come across your movie, Fatherhood. fatherhood. Kevin mm-hmm. freaking Hart. You have no business making people cry. Like we, yeah, that's the a way jerker. I wept watching that film. It's like, a tearjerker. It hit home in a way I was not anticipating. And I just want to thank you so much for elevating the issue around Black maternal mortality, because it's something that I advocate for. It's something that really matters to me a lot. And I've been doing work around this, but to see a Black man lend his massive, massive platform to addressing this and finding ways to humanize it and to even bring in some humor and some levity because that's what life is. It's a mix of, yeah, it's a mix of all things. The best and worst times happen at the same time sometimes. And the way that you depicted that role, man, I just have to give you your props. I was not expecting to be weeping like that on my couch. But it was Thank really you. powerful. That really makes me happy. And that's, I mean, honestly, that was the reason for taking the role. Like the father, it's a true story. He really went through that. And I told him, I said, look, there's a cultural shift, of course, that we will want to make in doing it and make the necessary changes, not to run away from your story because your story's important. But at the same time, we have to find a through line 
to just make sure that we're properly bringing awareness to a broader issue, but one that is affecting women of color specifically in a much higher dose. We worked hard to make sure that we, that we did that correctly. And from the writing to the casting, little Maddie, the girl that played it. I mean, we, we really put together an amazing group of people, but that was the reason for the performance. Like to get me to do drama, it has to be special. People, you know, people don't know, like that's, drama is easier for me than comedy. Drama is easier for me than comedy. Comedy, comedy's easy. I mean, comedy's not hard. I can always get to the funny, but you're worried about the funny. Everything has to be funny. All right. Where's our big set piece? Where's the big moment for the big laugh? Oh, is this going to get it? Let me make sure here. Let me go less here. Let me give them the moment for the big laugh. And then I'll come in later. For It's like you're always worried about the laugh. And drama, we are worried about people believing it. Hmm. And that's easier to me. Making you believe it, it's easier. That's just grounding it. So where I think I'm able to find like new levels within the acting spaces that you don't expect me to be able to go to where I can go. And for that alone is where Mm. the good performance will come from. Your expectations of me are attached to just the laugh. So when you see that those expectations can be, oh my God, I know I can get an oh my God out of you. So it's easier because you're not expecting it. So that was the reason for doing fatherhood. And I'm glad that you took the message away. That makes me that makes me happy. That was the reason for the project. I got to keep the flow going here because there's more things that I want to know, man. And we're we're in such a good space, right? Like you you're talking about the coach now, the coaching aspect. Somebody coming in, helping you get a schedule like through line for your day and your want and your passion being right. But oh my god, you've been able to uh take on these projects. Like you said, to your point, you're now four seasons deep in Project Runway. Um, but in doing that, you've been able to pick up a new show with Hulu. And goddamn it, there's another great direction behind this show. I mean, there's a nice cultural through line. It's a show of importance. Okay, we got impact. We got impact attached to the things you want to do. So I can only imagine what you're going to write. But now I got to talk to you about the space and place of fashion. All right, let's do it. I have to, right? And the reason why I just want to talk about the space and place of fashion, because fashion, okay, of course, is forever growing. But at times it takes these weird lefts and rights and U-turns and, you know, you get these crazy jumps. And as a person who loves the space, do you feel like fashion is in a place of like the most creative? Is it getting like a little like, okay, whoa. All right, let's let's table (laughs) some of this stuff. Should we table some of the conversations or do you feel like we're, we're in like a nice, comfortable place of change? Like I'm as a guy and I love it. I don't attend the fashion shows and that's not really my thing of going out there. My wife wants to go, but I'm like, you know, it's a lot. And I'm like, we love the clothes. We love the, the dress and I love a nice suit and I love to look very nice on a regular basis. But that's, a, that's another move. That's another thing. And to embrace that, you got to really understand it and love it at the highest level. But for you, you're in it. Where do you feel fashion is Well, today? that's a really great question. And I'm actually now going to try to get you to a fashion show. I'm going to add that to my list of moonshots. <laughs> but I think that fashion's in a very interesting, disrupted space right now. And that makes me excited to be a part of the conversation because 
truthfully, I'm not interested in fashion for fashion's sake. I have never been a capital F Uh. fashion girl. I like stumbled my way into fashion because I really wanted to be a writer. And at my first magazine job, the only opportunity there was to do beauty and fashion. And so I was like, yes, I'll do it. Yes, yes. And so then I, you know, moved on to Glamour and Teen Vogue and ended up becoming the editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue. But if you look at my career, the through line is finding ways to make what seems frivolous or superficial, to infuse those conversations with depth and substance and to connect it back to what is happening in the world. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that's my lane within fashion. Don't get me wrong. We love a look. We love to turn up and a look, but it's not for me. It's got to be deeper than that. It's got to be more about more than just the pretty picture. So on, on project runway, I feel like my role, all the judges are so different and we all come from, you know, different backgrounds. We all have known each other for years in the business and respect each other's spaces so much, especially Christian came from the show and he's like, you know, he won the show. He's the biggest success you can point to from Project Runway. He's back at, in the Tim Gunn role as mentor. And he's hilarious and sharp and quippy and has incredible, like, he like sasses them and he g- gets them together. And it's really amazing to watch. Brandon is a designer. So he's in the trenches every season facing a lot of the same challenges that the contestants are. And then you have Nina Garcia, who's the editor-in-chief of Elle and has been on the show since season one. So for 20 seasons, she's been at Mm -hmm. this. And then in a way, I feel like I'm a little bit of a wild card because I am always looking at everything through a cultural lens. Like, how does this connect to the broader conversation, the broader context? Because I really believe that fashion does not exist in a vacuum today. You cannot just put anything on the runway and not expect to start conversations, good or bad. You have to be really thoughtful about the context that your clothing exists in. And also in this day and age with social media, people care so much about who is making the clothes and how the clothes are being made, not just what the clothes look like, right? So part of the experience of Project Runway is kind of understanding who these designers are, helping them tell their story through their art form and helping them understand that context so that they can navigate the world as designers, but also as representatives of a message. What is it that you're standing on? So that's what I'm always trying to get at the heart of that. I'm always trying to understand their story, where they come from, what is the story they're trying to tell in their clothes. And and for me, it's, what I would say about this moment is there's so much happening in the world that can inspire a designer. And there's so much uh, disruption in the world of fashion, and it's such a hard business. So to be in it, you really have to have a strong why. You have to know why you are here, and you need to be able to translate that for a, a new era of customers who, who want mm-hmm. to know what your why is. They want to know what you stand for on top of giving them clothes that they want to buy. So I think in, the last thing I'll say is in terms mm-hmm. of creativity of in this moment, I think there's like an overwhelming amount of creativity because especially coming out of the pandemic, so many people almost lost their businesses or did lose their businesses and are fighting back from these low points. And so there's a fresh energy. There's like a, going back to our 
our theme today, there's like new, there's new energy mm -hmm. that we, that we're feeling kind of in this fashion space. And it's interesting to see where we take it. I think it's the most grounded we've been in a while because now it's like, what do people actually want to wear and buy? I feel like there's a groundedness in the clothing. And then you see the complete opposite of the spectrum where it's just like, we've been in a pandemic for three damn years. I just want to dream. And I just want to put out the most fantastical, like over the top clothing because it's an art form. And I want to be, I want to inspire from that place. So I feel like you see, even on the show, these completely different ends of the spectrum. And I think both are inspiring and there's a place for both of those art forms in this moment right now. I love that. I mean, of course, your heart is there and your understanding is different, which is why your answer can have so many levels to it. Right. Like, and that's why I asked you. And especially in this time when you see like a yeah. Pharrell um, given the opportunity that he's given and you're seeing like you're seeing mm -hmm. more of that. Right. Of course, I'm highlighting Pharrell because on a bigger stage, he gets the bigger light and the bigger visibility because of the opportunity in the LVMH, Louis Vuitton. Oh, my God. But there's a lot of that happening where I feel like the lens of fashion was once, it was only looked at through one POV and the fight to get people to look at it through the broader POV was one that in that fashion space, a lot have been fighting for quite some time. And I feel like the cultural inclusion yep. of opportunity and eyesight is is more significant mm -hmm. than it's probably ever been you know uh i had june oh, I on the you. show and you know june june now you know we we're talking about her being the creative director over at puma it was with women's basketball and then she wanted to expand that just to more of a broader scope for your female basketball player of color that's only seen one way, but how do we give them clothes that will tell a story of the layers to them throughout their day? And, you know, the mom, she was going down a list of all of these different things. And she was like, this collection or these collections should touch base. But she has such a reason, such a story behind the idea. And it's what you're talking about when you say on the show, it's like, what's your why? And I understand that. A, of course, because of the artistry involved, but my understanding to just the creative process. So I love I love how you're breaking it down. I love your understanding of it. Um, and I hope other people can see that as well. To, to me saying, I've never been to a fashion show. The reason why I say it's a lot, it's like, I just know I'm the dude. <laughs> I'm the guy. I'm just so, I'm so simple. That it's ridiculous. Like you, you have no idea like how simple and less I am. I know there's an expectation of, whoa, I'm so fucking simple within the space and place of the things like that I like. And I am so comfortable with being on the outside of the things that I'm yes. not on the inside of. Like it makes so that does was that a make bar. sense? That I hope I'm bar. explaining yeah. that right. Yeah, like I'm I'm so comfortable by going, man, I love those suits. Oh my God, I love those looks. But I don't want to like fight to be around the people that, because I'm not comfortable. Like I'm not, it doesn't look right. Like granted, I can go and I can be from afar, but I'm not fighting to stand next to or to be in, like it's just yes. a different synergy that I've never sought out to mm -hmm. to go after. 
but my wife loves it. So I know I'm going to have to take her to something. Like I've always been working. So when people are listening and you do see me at one and my wife, you know that that's why I'm there. My (laughs) wife made me, (laughs) my wife made me. I love that for her. And I also love the clarity that you have around like what is for you and what's not for you. Cause I, I think that is so important and I think it's probably inspiring to people who look up to you. I think there's a difference between being a multi hyphenate and having no direction. You know, I think in order to be a successful multi hyphenate, you have to know what your lanes are. You have to carve them out for yourself and you have to stay in them. You have to stay focused in them. And I love that you're just like, Nope, I'm so clear. Like I'm not trying to be fighting for that front row seat. I guess it's not who I am. Yeah. It's not, that's not my brand. My brand, I don't think that just goes with the brand of Kevin Hart. Like, I've worked hard for this brand, and Kevin Hart looks nice. I think I'm a well put together, tailored man. Always am, always have been. But that's you. not the thing. Like, we don't, we don't equate that. Like, if you see me at the fashion show and I got on a see through shirt tucked in my goddamn dress pants with some shirt boots you, on. We know you, we know you, we need to pray for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, you're going to go, well, that's not. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look bad, but that's what's he doing? I'm surprised you don't have like a a line of Hanes just white t-shirts yet. Just like white t-shirt, just just a a clean, a clean cut, a clean cut. Yeah, I'm just putting it out there. I could see that (laughs) Kevin Hart present that collab would make sense. Yeah, you could see that. You could see that. That would go a clean, nice tea. Uh, Elaine, you know, there's some conversations that I have that I'm blown away by. And this is one of them. And I'm gonna tell you why, the comfort. The comfort, you dropped your shoulders. You had a real conversation. And what I love is that these conversations come with no prep. And that's on purpose. There's no prep attached to it. It's just for me to get to know things about you that I didn't know. And I think the information that I'm able to get and gather, well, if I can take some things away, I can only imagine what the audience can. And what I want to say that really stuck out to me is you saying, wow, man, I've been able to do all these things and balance the space and place of motherhood. And in doing that, I'm so happy that I'm discovering this new energy back to our reason and back to the foundation of our conversation. And that energy has sparked like another level of want for you to discover more of an energy and that's my biggest takeaway. It's like, there's the idea of more. You still want more. And all of that conversation, you seem to be so happy with your foundation of family and that support, you know, that support, that fuel you've highlighted in so many different ways. And I want to say it's dope to hear, right? It's dope to hear somebody feel like they have the support that they need that allows them to go after the things that they want. And I can only hope that continues for you. I hope that the new spark of life behind the coach continues to add more substance so you can be strict about a schedule. And I hope the world of development behind this book is one that people will fucking respect when it's all said and done. Congrats. Just congrats on all that you've been able to do throughout the years. And congrats on being a new mom. And right now, congrats on a new friend. Thank you. My friends now. (laughs) We're, we're, oh, we're friends now. This is this, this is a good, good one. This is I, a good I, one for me. It felt good no, for me. Did. I want you to know that it means a lot. Everything that you said, and also I'm inspired by you, your craft. Like this is what I do. I ask questions, and like being able to feel at ease in this seat 
is a nice new feeling. Yeah. It's unfamiliar territory. So, and I credit that to you <laughs> and the energy that you brought and the space that you created and that you held for this. So thank you so much. It was such, honestly, it was an honor to talk to you today. Oh, well, ladies and gentlemen, you know what it is. This is Gold Minds. You know what we do? We get inside the minds of amazing people. Today's show is no different. Oh, Elaine, what a conversation. All right, guys, take that gold, put it in your pocket. Keep that gold. You don't let anybody else take it. That's your gold. At the end of the day, people discover gold and they hold on to it because of its value. Do not discredit the value of the gold that you received today. Because it's needed, it's necessary, and it's important. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Gold Mines. Thank you. Gold Mines with Kevin Hart is a Sirius XM and Laugh Out Loud radio production. Executively produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, Mike Stein, Brian Smiley, Eric Eddings, and Eric Weil. Additional production from Elise Ellis and engineered by Marcus Hamm. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert. And I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure. Because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.